Today, I have three brief passages. They come from Genesis chapter 2, verse 9, chapter 3, verses 22 through 24, and Revelation 22, 2. The first one is, Out of the ground the Lord God made to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Genesis 3, 22-4 says, Then the Lord said, God said, See, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil, and now he might reach out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground which he has taken. He drove out the man, and at the east of the garden of Eden he placed the cherubim and a sword, flaming and turning to guard the way to the tree of life. And then Revelation 22.2, on either side of the river is the tree of life with its twelve kinds of fruit producing its fruit each month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healings of the nation. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. <clears throat> Trees fascinate me. I love nature. I don't always like going out and being in nature and hiking. I'm not a very good climb over things person and, um, and jumping and climbing and all that kind of stuff. But I love, love the beauty of nature and the, and the beauty of trees. And um, I want to share with you a children's story about the legend of the three trees. How many of you know the legend of the three trees? Excellent. Excellent. I, oh, we have, a, we have a, a bite, you know. But, um, and so you can make sure I get it right. There are three trees on the top of a hill. And the first tree dreams that one day he will be a treasure chest and he will have gold and silver and precious gems. The second tree dreams that he might be a mighty ship with kings and queens in his ship that crosses the seas. But the third tree just wants to stay put and wants to stand tall, taller than any of the trees around, that he might come close to God and be in God's presence. Well, one day, three woodcutters come, and the first woodcutter goes to the first tree and says, Oh, this tree looks like an excellent tree, and I believe that it will be a great tree for a carpenter. Oh, and the tree thought, my dreams are going to come true. I will be made into a great chest. The second one, the, the tree cutter came and said, Oh, this one I think I'm going to take to the shipbuilder. He was pretty excited too. But the third tree cutter says, Well, I don't have anything particularly in mind, but I might as well take it down and maybe we can make some 
some, something out of it. I don't know what. Well, of course, this tree was very sad and very upset about this. And they went, and they went to their various places. And the first one was so disappointed because he was made into a feed box. It was like, oh, that's not exactly what I had in mind. And he was put so that all he did was be a place for all the animals to come and eat. The second one, well, he was made into a plain old fishing boat. He was pretty sad. Well, the third one was made into just some, just some basic old lumber left in the yard. Years go by, and the first one, the one that has been made into a feeble, has a very exciting thing that happens. One day, a man and a woman come, and they, they, they lie down and rest, and the woman gives birth to a baby, not while she was resting, gives birth to a baby, and the baby is laid down into his feeble. And in that moment, he knows that he holds the greatest treasure of all. The next one is holding some fishermen one day, and there's a great storm on the sea, and the fishermen are all upset. And then this man stands up, and he pauses the sea. And the boat knows that he has the king of kings in his boat. The third one, well, years and years go by. But finally, they take his, his boat, his, I can't say it, his wood. <laughs> and they, they make out of it. A cross for a man to be nailed to. And he has this horrible, horrible grief as a man is nailed to the cross he has made. But Sunday morning comes, and he stands still empty on that hill, and he knows that he is closer to heaven than any tree has ever been because he held the man who became the risen Lord. I love this story of the tree and it's been one I love to share with my children and, and I love it because I believe that the Bible has many wonderful stories of trees. And today, I want us to think about the tree of life. But before we talk specifically about the tree of life, I want to tell you the story of the life God gave to me through one particular tree. I was a new first year pastor. Oh, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have a clue. I was scared to death. And the summer, my first summer there, was, was pretty challenging and scary. But then all of a sudden, I found I was back in school, and I had to go and spend all week doing schoolwork. 
and somehow come and get all the stuff done at the church on the weekend. And I became even more concerned about my ability to be a pastor to this dear church. I was praying to the Lord as I drove down I-20. You can do that while you're driving down I-20. You can pray to the Lord. I prayed to the Lord on I-20. Coming from Atlanta, where I was in school in Emory, over to Gadsden, where I was serving North Gadsden United Methodist Church. And as I came down the highway and I just had that, you know that part where you just kind of, every part of your body was anxious, every part of your body was worried, and, and you got closer and closer to where you're going, wondering what you're going to do. And all of a sudden, there was this beautiful, beautiful tree on the side of the road. Actually, it was in the, in the island between the two lanes, you know, going the different directions. There was this beautiful tree. It was just perfect. The leaves were green. Fall hadn't come yet. Nothing had fallen. And it was round and full and big and tall. And I felt God, much like in the legend of the tree. But then one of those beautiful rays of life that comes out of the clouds when it's really cloudy. Have y'all ever experienced one of those rays of light? It's just wonderful. And it lands somewhere. Landed on my tree. And it just glowed. First I thought, okay God, you don't want me to give you up, do you? And then I thought, you know, true life comes from the Lord. Life is a gift that we have received on this earth. And it is a powerful, wonderful thing. But God is the one who sustains life. In Genesis, Adam and Eve forgot that the life they needed was the life of God. They thought they could do it themselves. Now I'm here to tell you that each of us struggles with the I can do it myself problem. I mean, I've been known to say a lot, I can do it myself. But when you have the experience of raising children, you get to hear those words back at you. The ones you've been saying, and, and when they first learn to talk, they will say, I can do it myself. Or they might just say, no. But they communicate to you that sense that you don't know anything. And it reminds us that we treat God the same way. God, I know more than you do. I understand more than you do. And the Lord understood that until we were ready to recognize the value of God and the value of the tree of life, that it wasn't time for us to receive it. We needed to know the <clears throat> gift that God was giving us. I, I, uh, I loved to go to national parks when I was growing up. But my mother loved it even more. And you know what she loved? She loved park ranger talks. Whenever we went anywhere, she would look up to see when there was going to be a park ranger talk. And, 
and uh, we would go. And generally it was about don't feed the bears, okay? I just thought that was the only thing park rangers knew how to say was don't feed the bears. I've never fed a bear. I don't intend to even feel bear in the, the zoo. I, I don't feel bear, feed bears. But this one told us about the lodgepole pine. How many people know about lodgepole pines? Well, I'm going to be in trouble because I'll probably get this wrong. <laughs> but what I learned that day is there's something special about the seeds of a lodgepole pine. A lodgepole pine seed has a lot of covering. And it can stay there for years and be fruitful. And they can just add up from the trees as the tree grows and as the forest gets fuller of the, the leaves and the fullness of the trees. And then the day comes there's a fire. And the fire comes and when it comes, what does it do? It opens up the seeds so that new trees can be born. Isn't that wonderful in that midst of such destruction? I am sure that when the McBurney's house burned, they did not see any seeds that were being born in this tragic event. But I suspect, as they have their new home, that they are finding something new and joyful that they had not experienced before. Even in the most difficult times, God gives us the gift of being able to find new life. But Jesus is the ultimate example of that. Jesus showed us how that in death, new life can grow. So, after I had this wonderful tree experience, I began to look for trees in the Bible. I figured God had me, he wanted me to study trees. Probably didn't, but I took it to mean I needed to study about trees in the Bible. And God used the opportunity of where I went to nurture me, whether that was what God intended or not, because I believe that's how God is. And I started with Genesis. Have you ever started reading the Bible at Genesis and never gotten to Revelation? <laughs> Some of us stop the minute we hit Leviticus. Because, well, Leviticus can be very boring. If you get really excited about Le Leviticus, my father has written a, sun a Sunday school course on the book of Leviticus, which he hasn't found anybody who wants to take it. <laughs> and it's really very interesting, I I'm telling you. But, but most people think Leviticus, really? I that's not my choice, no. Um, but what I found is that the story of the trees in the Bible go all the way through to the very last chapter. The tree of life is in the second chapter of the Bible and in the last chapter in the Bible. And I read again these words, on either side of the river is the tree of life with the 12 kinds of fruit producing its fruit each month 
And the leaves of the trees are for the healings of the nations. Not only for fruit that you and I might have life, but the nations. Oh my goodness, isn't that something to pray for? Don't we have needs for healing of the nations of this world? We have needs for healing. We have the need for looking and realizing that God has given us the tree of life. That, that here we must go through the death like Jesus did to be reinstated in the life we were created to have. I hope that you might today consider the life that God is trying to give to you. And the life that I find we just grow in when we trust in the Lord. That he gives us life in unexpected places. Like when we are just a feed box. Or where, when we are just... A sailing ship that, I mean, a rowing ship that is small and looks so, so insignificant. Or when we are lumber, that's the word I was looking for. When we are lumber that has been made into a cross for somebody to die. God is there in those moments and in those places. And God is bringing us closer to the life. And we can find it. I have a new prayer in my life, and I have to tell you, it is, it's been a real gift to me. And I just want you to know it came from Jeff. I was given the blessing of being here when Jeff did his devotional for the choir. I've heard other devotionals, which were wonderful, but Jeff's has really touched me. He said he has a prayer which says, make me, Lord, better than I am. Is that close enough? I know I didn't get it quite right. But make me better than I am, Lord. Oh, when I stand up before you, I often feel like I am just a little wooden, old, aged, crumbling feed box. Or a little teeny ship. <laughs> or worst of all, an instrument for pain. I don't even want to go there. But I know that through prayer and support, each of us can become something where God is and we feel God's presence. I pray for you today that you might have that sense of God's presence in your life in the most unexpected places. I-20, when you feed the animals, when you take care of the garden, when you deal with something difficult like cleaning up after your animals or taking care of the dishes. I just don't like doing dishes. But God's there. Let us pray. Oh, gracious God, each person here has you in their lives in the most unexpected ways, in the most unexpected times in our minds. 
but to you, you are always reaching out and showing us the glory of the Lord, that we might all become part of the healing that this world needs. In Jesus' name, amen.